Coming to you from Boise, Idaho, the fastest growing city in the U.S. and recognized as one of the most creative and vibrant cities to live in. This is a special edition of Enhancing the Human Experience, a World of Creativity, a series of unique interviews with successful people from around the globe, how they get inspired, where their ideas come from, and how they apply creativity in their business and personal lives. Now, here's your host, Mark Phillips, along with special guest interviewer, Mark Stinson. Welcome to another episode of Enhancing Human Experience, a world of creativity. I'm Mark Phillips. I'm here with Mark Stinson. Hi, Mark. Hey, Mark. How you doing? I'm awesome. We have got a great podcast for folks today. And I really think this, uh, this subtitle, A World of Creativity, uh, we, we had hoped that we would match up some people from, you know, different countries. And uh, the, today's episode really pays off on that. Yeah. Uh, we have Danilo Fratangelo from Sao Paulo, Brazil, and we have John Beggs from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, these uh, two creative people have not met each other before, although I know them each uh, from my you know, a- advertising agency days, but um, they, they don't know each other, and yet the way they will compare and contrast and talk about their creative processes, uh, very illuminating, and even for people I thought I knew. You know, how they approach problems, uh, really, really great. Yeah. Now talk about, was there a point in time when you worked with these two gentlemen or have you always worked virtually with them? How do you, what's your background with them? I've I've met them both personally uh, and worked with them virtually. Uh, Danilo, uh, I think it was like in 2012, uh, I had an opportunity with a client to visit Brazil and we did some market research together and then subsequently we've done some creative, uh, you know, campaign development and, and interviews and things like that together. Uh, John Beggs, I, I still work with today, um, in, with some mutual clients. And, um, so, it, you know, having a chance to, to work with them, but never giving it enough space to back away and say, how, how are we approaching this or what are your philosophies and mm-hmm. that sort of thing? And, uh, and and so it really reminds me that wouldn't that be a good idea for all of us to maybe take a breath in the middle of our work and say, who, who are you and how are you thinking about yeah, things? Yeah, well, and, and, and that will come up in the episode. It definitely will. The fact that, you know, posing the question, hey, when do you find time to stop creating and just take a breath, right? Or yes. get to know the people you're creating with because in our world, it is just pump, 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 pump. And we we tend to burn creatives out, right? I mean, they're the engines, a lot of the engines that these ideas come through. Yes. And if you're a creative person, whether you're an author, a photographer, a songwriter, uh, whoever's listening to this, um, they might be talking about copywriting or designing for ad campaigns. But when they have peeled the onion back uh, to a creative process and this whole idea of, of time pressures and deadlines, uh, all creatives can relate to that. And I think you'll find their answers uh, pretty enlightening and helpful. I, I agree. Well, we're going to jump in and start the interview. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Enhancing the Human Experience, A World of Creativity. I'm here with Mark Stinson. Hey, welcome, Mark. Hey there. How are you? Great, great. We've got two gentlemen on the line here, Danilo Fratan- Fratangelo and John Beggs. Welcome, gentlemen. Hi there. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for making time to chat with us. We're excited to dive in and see how you guys approach creativity, insights, ideas, inspiration. Uh, Mark, you know these. How do you know these two gentlemen? Well, and and it's great that we have them on today because uh, this really does highlight the world of creativity. Uh, Danilo is from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Uh, John Beggs is joining us from Melbourne, Australia, and uh, we're going to just uh, bounce things around and see how creativity is similar, different. You know, let's compare and contrast. Uh, let's talk about uh, creativity as it might be influenced by cultural differences uh, and how it might be expressed different, differently uh, in various uh, countries. And, but uh, I, I hope that we see a thread. 
Uh, yeah. So that's going to be fun. But I, I uh, know Danilo and John both as advertising guys. Uh, we share that as a, as a field of business and interest. Uh, John, maybe tell us a little bit about your business background, and then we'll jump onto the kind of personal creativity side in a bit. Okay, sure. Uh, so from a business side, I've worked in agencies of all different sizes. I've managed teams of creative people. My, uh, I guess my experience spans from print to digital, uh, animation, video, a bunch of different things. Uh, and I've worked in a few different places across the world, obviously Australia. I've worked in India for a little bit and in the US as well. Uh, so uh, career spanning, I think, don't want to give away my age, but roughly 20 years. <laughs> ah, you're still so young. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about Danilo? What about you? Yeah. Uh, I'm young too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Mark. So uh, I've been working in advertising for the last 10 years. Uh, I've been always in the strategic side, so decoding human behavior in order to, to provide insights to creative teams. But in this process, I've become a creative myself, not a drawing guy, but a, a wording guy for sure, and concept creation and movie creation. Um, and this kind of things. So yes, basically it's around that. Well, that's fantastic. And and in addition to maybe uh, the advertising side, you know, and creativity, uh, what kind of companies and industries and markets uh, do you each have a chance to work in? Well, I have done a lot of healthcare and wellness works. So everything from uh, gyms, to medicines, to um, physical activities, to um, weight loss treatments and awareness campaigns, a lot of awareness, awareness, this is awareness campaigns. Um, I've worked with agribusiness, so a lot of things for crop enhancement, uh, so you can have better soy, better corn. I've done a lot of um, food services stuff, so generally, when you think about restaurants in a shopping mall, uh, you have many different kinds of chains everywhere in Brazil is the same. So I have done a lot of work for food services. And that, that led me to have many dinner and lunch many different times a week <laughs> uh, in this kind of places, sometimes more than once per day. So I could compare food. So this kind of approach is something that I like a lot. So I can have the, the real experience yeah, the real experience from the person, from the client, from the customer, uh, in order to bring the, this into the world. So mainly, I think we can we can spread across these markets. That's great, John. What about you? Well, obviously, I'm doing something wrong because I'm not getting any of those free meals. Danelio is uh, <laughs> is getting. Uh, so I have to write that one down. But uh, I was trying to think of an industry I I haven't worked in and I couldn't really think of one. So uh, the medical space, uh, FMCG, uh, uh, fitness, um, in my in my previous role before I started my agency, I worked in the Yellow Pages in Australia. So by virtue of that, I got exposed to all manner of different industries and, and different clients. So uh, quite a wide berth there. Well, that's great. You know, and, and I think that brings up a question. Not only from maybe clients always want to know if you have experience in their particular field or industry, but I guess also if I translate that to personal, you know, if people try to build their careers or they're sending out resumes to, you know, job postings and it says blank industry experience, a must. Um, do, do you feel that it's not transferable, these industry experiences, or do you feel that you need to have an understanding of these markets. You want to start, John? Yeah, I'll, I'll start off and, and you can jump in at any point. I was thinking that there are certain fields. Um, medical field is a really good one where uh, previous experience is uh, almost imperative uh, because the learning curve coming from not knowing anything to, to being actively involved in that space is, is very steep. A lot of other industries, uh, I found myself, 
you can leverage a lot of the skills that you've worked in in associated industries. Um, the medical space, though, is one that I can think of straight away where uh, if they've asked for that type of experience uh, or if you have that type of experience, then you've definitely got an advantage over, over your competition. Amazing. I agree with that. I think we have both sides. Uh, there are a few markets and the healthcare uh, is one of them, definitely, especially if, as you lead with regulatory uh, affairs, doubtfully you're going to uh, be with that uh, at a certain point of your work. Uh, it's important to have a, a kind of background on it, but to the point that it doesn't let it hurt, if you don't let it hurt your, your new, fresh uh, way that you approach it. So you have to wait the, the background experience and, and the fresh look so for, for better creativity. So if not, we're not going to create anything new, <laughs> just to, to be copying stuff from the past and acting on the same premise, which is something that, that happens a lot. I've been a lot uh, through that different markets. Uh, so I, I myself think that we should wait these things a little bit and not discard the necessity, the need of previous experience of respecting that, but with, uh, on the other hand, with your fresh look. Yes. And so I'd like to move into your creative process. You know, when you're looking at a blank screen, a blank piece of paper, you know, and say, okay, now's the time to create. Uh, do you have a go-to process? Um, yes. Um, I think we're, we're going to see. Let, let's check that. I think every, everybody has one, though it's not that linear. I think the first, the first important thing to have in mind is your universe. So your universe is the known part. So uh, whenever you can expand uh, your knowledge in the subject, especially in the problem, so if you can address behavior that uh, you're trying to change or trying to reinforce and what kind of creed is behind that. And every, not everything, but a lot that comes from it. And then you're going to, to uh, put a few books, inspirational books, you're going to have authors and movies and, and music that you like and places that you've been. I think all this, everything that's in this band, it will count when you turn the fire on. So the first thing for me that is very, very important to be very, very sure of the problem I'm trying to address and uh, what I have come across during the, the last decade is that sometimes you're trying to address one thing and the problem is really the other. And still this other thing, we have to create a very clear statement uh, so everybody can get or yourself solely exactly what the problem is. So once I get the problem sorted out, it's very clear for me uh, the drives, uh, what's driving that behavior so I can work on it. And then you can appeal to all these universe places you've been books and all your, your, uh, your luggage, your baggage, let's, let's call it. Uh, and then magic will start happening. Uh, so I believe that defining the problem is the first thing to do. That's great. John, how do you start with a blank sheet of paper? Uh, <laughs> sometimes it starts with tears. Uh, sometimes <laughs> it starts with uh, a pen in my hand. It can, it can start a, a bunch of different ways. Um, I've found as I've sort of gone through my career, uh, my creative process tends to change based on the time I, I get given uh, to, to develop whatever it is that I'm creating. Uh, oftentimes, creative people simply don't get enough time to, to flex their creative muscles. Uh, so I've got some shorthand techniques and I've got some techniques which I, I tend to use if I've got a little bit more time. Uh, shorthand techniques are tried and true methods of you know, reading the brief a handful of times, making sure to uh, Danilio's uh, point that I understand what the purpose is, uh, coming from an advertising background, I, I try and generate an initial concept as quickly as I can. I'll probably develop maybe up to three if I have the time. 
uh, and I'll either continue to develop those three if I think they have legs or I'll, I'll channel it down to one. Uh, when I get, and excuse my language, but when I get creatively constipated, uh, then I, I look at, at all sorts of things, mind maps, uh, scribbling notes, word association, um, and the list goes on and on and on. If I have more time, uh, which is a, a rarity, uh, I'll go through an elongated process where I'll analyse the uh, consumer persona. I'll do a, a bunch of research. I'll get into as much detail around what the problem is, uh, what the solution, the desired solution is is intended to be, and then I'll extrapolate from that. And like with most people, if you get more time, usually you can develop better concepts or, or a better output. Um, but there is also that compressed method. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, both of you brought up the issue of time. And, you know, so let's let's say we are having our virtual coffee shop moment here where uh, we're going to vent a little bit and go, come on, man, we never get enough time. What What is the deal with creativity and time? What, what has been your experiences? Uh, um, excuse me, Mark. I just want to add to what John said. Word association, this is something that works a lot for me, too. I'm trying to, to change this to experiment with other ways of thinking, but everything for me start, uh, starts with words. So I write down words and I connect words. So this is something very important to me. Uh, regarding the question of time, um, we, we've been through that many times in our careers. Never enough time, always in a hurry. I, I, I learned from my personal experience that I work very well under pressure. This is very interesting. So everybody's always asking for more time. And when they talk about creative processes as a team, I think this is very relevant because um, many, many times you're not into creative process alone by yourself. You're doing something uh, with a team. So all the team that the parts have to connect for all the time. But when I, I think about myself, uh, I actually like to have tight deadlines. I think I work better under pressure. This is very curious. Everybody I talk to, everybody is the opposite. But I like to have a very tight deadline. I don't know why. This is something strange, but it happens to me. John, what about you? Yeah, it's it's an interesting conundrum. Uh, I think a lot of creative people, as they go through their career, learn to deal very well uh, with time pressures. It's just a it's just a, a part of the role. Oftentimes. Um, but uh, the reality is we all, you know, the customers have certain expectations or the clients have certain expectations um, and, and we have to meet that. We have to deliver a, a certain amount of concepts, uh, deliverable solutions, whatever it is uh, within a defined time frame. And the reality is we're confining a, a, an entirely creative process into uh, we're, we're trying to monetize it. Uh, so time is money. And that's, I think, where a lot of those time pressures come from. Um, and especially if you're working in an agency, you may be working on multiple clients, multiple briefs, multiple projects at the same time. Uh, so that can become a little onerous. Um, I've seen young creatives when they're sort of first out of college, uh, or in this case in, in Australia University, uh, they really struggle with that concept. They struggle with that concept of you've got X amount of time you have to create X, whatever whatever they've got to deliver. Uh, but it is a process that I think we've started to talk about that you do uh, refine and, and, and get better at over time. Uh, some people are naturally gifted and they can come up with concepts at the drop of a hat. And uh, I, I'm hugely jealous of those type of people. Uh, mm -hmm. The rest of us, the other sort of 90%, have to work a lot harder at it um, and there's other factors that come into it as well. Uh, I've heard a lot of creatives say that they do work well under pressure, but the reality is that can't be sustained for long periods of time. Just creatives are human beings yeah, too. Constant pressure, yeah. Right, and you get tired. There's, you know, there's uh, pressures outside of work. Um, so there are other factors that can impact how creative you can actually be, um, and that's something I've also learned, you know, diet, sleep, uh, exercise, you know, all those things that we're meant to do and we often don't, they also have an impact on, I found, your creative ability as well. 
Wow, that's great. And so, you know, as you think about that outside of work piece, maybe that's a good chance for us to pivot a little bit. To, and Danilo, you were just talking about having the universe effect, you know, and the the full bucket of experiences. Um, but what sort of things do you guys find outside of your business world that maybe if you're stuck, you go to, or just hey, this feeds my creativity. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to get yeah. to your, I want to ask that question, but gentlemen, I, I want to just circle back and close oh, one sure. loop yeah. on the, yeah. on the, on the process side. Then let's dive into your question. So speaking of process, so let's start with you, Danilo. What, what role does your intuition or your inner knowing, or, you know, that, that side of yourself that you cannot see that where ideas come from, what role does that play in your work and your creative process? Let's, let's go with you, Danilo, then we'll have you share. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Yes. Um, it's something meditative, I would say. Um, so the basis is human. So I, I like the, the name of the show, human enhancing experience, right? Uh, because I, I really believe that it's about that. So I always put myself in the place of human being as a human being that is creating something and a human being that's receiving what's being created. Uh, and that's in this position that you're going to, to gather all this bucket of things. Um, and so, sorry for my wording, but spit something out uh, over and over again until you're kind of happy, until you kind of, uh, you kind of feel that you're reaching something and saying something that matters to someone. Of course, something very important John has pointed out is that this <clears throat> This deadline thing, uh, over and over again, will lead you to a high level of cortisol and stress hormone in your blood system, <laughs> and you're going to burn out. And I've been through that too, and it's very, very hard. It's a kind of harsh experience. Um, so you have to balance things. Balance things. Um, so it, it's very different when we talk about music. So when, when I create music, when I write books, and I do that, I do write books. I just don't publish them, but I write it. <laughs> uh, so you have all the time in the world to do that. It's a piece of art. But when you're talking about creativity directed towards uh, financial objectives with this marketing and advertising, things are different. But still, I think the place of, of meditation, uh, not exactly... Uh, the med meditation, the act of meditating like a religious um, approach would be, but the kind of reflecting over as a human being, it plays, it, it, it more than plays a role. I think that that's the role because when we talk about digital nowadays, you can test things really quick. So when you have side timelines, you can come out of three, four different ways. You can check the performance on digital and you can bring that back together with results and think it over again. Um, but still, if you want to reach people, you have to 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 bring this this human behavior, this this feeling, this something that you want, you want to treat somebody as you are being treated, and then you have those basic emotions like fear of the feeling of wanting to be cared for and things like that. So that's why actually I started out in advertising back in time. I really believe we can touch people. I think the day that we don't have this anymore, uh, this career won't interest me uh, any longer because it's not human anymore. Uh, it's a discussion I have very frequently with people with all these possibilities of data nowadays. Uh, once we have machines doing this, it's not going to be something I would be interested in because this human approach, this, this reflection about human needs and how to 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 tell something to somebody in a way that will touch them. This is the basis for me. Yeah, it's a good point. What, what about you, John? What, what, what aspect of the unseen or intuitive aspect of yourself plays into your process? Oh, um, a, a lot of it. But I think a lot of it is um, sometimes innate and, and, and sometimes learned. As Janello was was speaking, there's there's really two forms of creativity. There's many, many more, but there's the commercial side, and then there's the create creative side that um, you may do as a passion or a hobby, um, or, or for some other reason. But on the commercial side, uh, the one thing that I use is I, I'm a I'm a people watcher. I'm a human observer. Something I've loved to do 
for most of my life. And again, most of the creatives that I know that are very good at what they do understand innately the human psyche to an extent where they can tell stories, they can reach people with emotion. There is, to uh, Danello's point, a human connection. I think there is so much going on in the world at the moment, uh, good and bad, that people just want authenticity, people love stories, and people love to make a connection uh, in some way, shape or form. Um, And again, on the commercial side, that can be done through a variety of of, uh, mediums, humour, fear, and a number of other things. And and we see this all the time. In terms of uh, what do I sort of reach back into and and access, um, it's it's that humanistic side of of what we're trying to do. Um, You can produce a a piece of writing or a piece of music or, or a video or an advertisement, uh, but unless it, it has a humanistic side, it's never going to be successful and, and you may not as a creative be successful in your endeavour. So it's, it's something that I've observed and something that I, I guess I've become more conscious to as I've gone along. Great. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, that's awesome, Mark. Okay, let, let's let's dive into the outer yeah. So day to day life. We've been talking about our, our commercial interests, and uh, certainly we have careers, and uh, we need to make money for ourselves and for our clients. But uh, now, now let's turn to the outside the work. And uh, you have described these as whether they're passion projects, hobbies, or you know some other creative pursuit. Uh, what sort of things do you like to do outside the working hours? If there are any outside of working hours. <laughs> um, I, honestly, I don't find that I get that many hours. I'd love to have a, a, a really uh, amazing answer here. But casting my mind uh, back, I mean, travel is, is, a great, um, is a great opportunity to, to free your mind, enjoy new experiences, um, even if it is business travel. Um, there is, I think people have a certain uh, view on travel where uh, the access to different cultures, different languages, different people, uh, even subtle things you can pick up and, and um, I think a lot of people enjoy that. Um, I'm going to turn, turn the dial here a bit and get really corny. I actually find a huge energy boost and creative uh, absorption for my children I find children to be um, some of the most creative people I think I've ever met, both my own children and other children. Um, they don't have any filters, which can be a bad thing, uh, but they, they're absolutely free. And uh, sometimes it only takes a short amount of time to be spent with children to, to really reset your mind, get back into it, uh, if, if it is a commercial endeavour, but also just in terms of, of relaxing, reading books, listening to music and those type of things. But I, I find children to be a, a great source of, um, well, time, but also energy. Great. I really like this this children talk. Uh, I'm glad that John has brought this up because as a father of a six-year-old, that's something I witness every day too. Uh, the other day, there was this very funny story. Last Christmas, um, my little boy wanted me to place Christmas lights, those little lights, colorful lights, uh, on the window, uh, one of the windows. But well, we couldn't do that because we have three cats at home. He would destroy it. So I turned to, to him and said, oh, we can't do that. And he said, oh, why not? I, I said, oh, because of the cats. And he told me, well, why not placing the lights on the ceiling? <laughs> oh, yes. I was just like, you know, amazed. Of course, the ceiling, I hadn't thought about the ceiling. It makes all sense in the world. I mean, they don't have the, the, the barriers that we do. And they are very naive in a very positive way. So interacting with children, and as a father, that's something I do every night. And I, I love doing that. That's something I really set time apart to do. Uh, it's something inspiring. Yeah. And- that's fantastic. You know, and I, I think you both also mentioned uh, – Working in groups, yes. Uh, whether they're creative groups or uh, you know client teams, um, uh, how is the creativity process working in teams? Uh, 
maybe different than just working Mark, on your I'm own? I'm sorry, there was this this long, um, long period of time that I couldn't listen to you. Could you repeat, please? Oh, sure. So I'm thinking about uh, working in teams now and the creative process uh, in groups. So it's a, it's a whole lot different than, you know, you have the blank sheet of paper and you're creating something yourself. Uh, but in this case, you know, it, whether it's your own groups, whether it's uh, client teams, uh, but what, what are some of the creative factors that come into play when we're trying to create uh, with others, with other people? Well, uh, I've been through many different creative processes, um, actually around the world with teams and sometimes big teams, like 30 different people um, together creating a, an advertising campaign in like five days. And I think organization is key. Uh, what, one approach I like a lot is the is just set things piece by piece. So sometimes we have this, this problem, this statement that tells us about the problem, how the, the person feels, what's driving that behavior. So maybe what we can do to start off is just set approaches through which we can address the problem. Uh, we call this creative platforms. So this is something that uh, if it doesn't help you to, to reach your objective, your final objective, it will definitely help you uh, get started out, warmed up and, and putting things on paper. And then the second thing is once you have a lot of things on paper, everybody has. Um, one thing that I find very inspiring is to look at other people work. So. Uh, what Mark has has written, has drawn so far. So this will inspire, uh, inspire me a lot to bring new things to the table. Yeah, uh, working in groups is a is an interesting uh, situation. Uh, like Danilo, uh, I've worked in in a bunch of different groups. I, I've actually learned. I'm going to be a little controversial here. That you actually get. Oh, I've found that you get the best outcome in a creative sense, in a commercial sense, by working with a whole bunch of different personality types. Uh, I've had the experience where I've sat in a room with a bunch of very highly creative people and we've had to brainstorm and and maybe come up with some concepts. Uh, And there's been multiple times where we've gotten to the end of whatever the time allocation that we've had is and we've been brainstorming so hard we haven't rationalised anything that we've done We've come up with some great concepts, uh, but I can think of a couple of occasions where the concepts were great, but they were completely off brief. So we had gone too far into the ether, come up with some fantastic original uh, ideas and become highly creative, but no one in the room had really brought us back into these are great, um, how do these work against, you know, whatever the brief is, um, you know, do these align with what the customer's expectations are? So I've actually found that having uh, very rational people uh, or a mix of rational people, creative people, um, analytical people um, with very similar personality types as in approach actually works the best. The creative person gets to to be highly creative, but in a commercial sense, their ideas are rationalised against whatever the deliverable is, um, and you can. I find you can actually work through that process a lot more quickly. You can you can pitch an idea, rationalise it. If it works, you move on. If it doesn't, which is sometimes the case, you, you come up with a new idea and you iterate on that process. I found a lot more quickly uh, with that. I guess cross-functional group as opposed to just that pure creative lock of a bunch of people in a room for an afternoon. Um, it, it does work, but I've, in my own experience, that that, uh, that cross-functional approach is, is actually better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we, we uh, use this word diversity quite a bit, don't we? And uh, But to have a diversity of experiences and diversity of thought and approach and point of right. views, uh, I can see how that would accelerate things. Yeah, because we're we're slaves to our own experiences. We can't know any more than than what we've experienced. Um, and you can draw on other people's experiences, insights, viewpoints, um, and a bunch of other things which we ourselves often just can't tap into. Uh, and a lot of the time, that can result in a really good outcome. 
something that you yourself may not have, have expected or even thought of, but you've built out in collaboration with other people. This is great. You know, and, and of course, on a global scale, uh, with all the Skypes, FaceTimes, uh, GoToMeetings, mm-hmm. and WeChats and WhatsApps, uh, do, you, do you find that to be really creative, you've got to turn that off sometimes? Where, where's the line that, you know, there's so much communication and input, uh, but where, where do you have to stop? That's a very good point, Mark. Um, it's something I think about every day. So when we talk about creating with groups, it seems uh, in person is always better for me. Uh, and that when it comes to, to tech tools like Skype, WhatsApp, I think you have to use it with a very clear purpose because if not, what you're doing is to... Uh, just a second, please. Uh, a feeling. So yes. Uh, so if if you don't use these tools with a very very specific objective in mind, what you're doing is to um, make people go for the short short term answer. Answer. So you're not exploring the full potential of the people in the room, the virtual room. Uh, or uh, you're taking only the time advantage of being remote, uh, working remotely. And this will bring you to stress too. This is something I have I noticed a lot. So whenever I, I come to a group of people, and this has been happening now, I'm working with um, a, a team that, that's been working with sports. So uh, football is one of them. And they have this WhatsApp, WhatsApp culture where everything has to be uh, immediate. Uh, so this will, will bring you the, the other side of the, what you're trying to achieve, which actually is not creativity, it's short-term answers and things in a, in a very, very rush of time. So I don't think this is productive. So, so you have to balance both sides. Okay, we, are, uh, we, can, we have the chance of using people remotely, but you have to be very objective-oriented. You have to understand what you're doing at that given moment, if not... It's going Good. to be all about short-term answers. Yeah. John, what's your experience with these uh, communication tools? Uh, I love them and I hate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, they can become intrusive. I think it's just a, a natural evolution of, of where the world is at the moment. I mean, the beauty of, of having these type of tools is we can literally now run virtual agencies across the world. I've got team members from um, almost every continent at the moment and we work together uh, virtually. Uh, That can become intrusive though where, you know, you've got clients coming in with their requirements, you're trying to discuss a a bunch of different things on whichever channel it is that you use. It may be video conference, it could be uh, Slack, it could be a, a number of other things. What I've found, especially in the creative sphere, is um, and this is only a personal thing, you have to switch those off at a certain point in time. I just, I think to be creative, you need to give yourself um, some some headspace to to not be bombarded with those short-term immediate uh, contacts uh, so that you can allow yourself, allow yourself some time to be creative. I, I haven't found a way to be highly creative and, and there's levels. So when I'm doing a you know a, a website design and the brief is written and the concept is already laid out, I can probably do the the, the form of design mock-ups while I'm having a chat and, and possibly even while I'm on the phone. But when I'm trying to get that initial creative concept in, in whatever format it is, I find myself you need to give yourself some time. You need to switch off. You know, a lot of creative people like myself listen to music. Um, try not to be interrupted uh, because that, that creative process takes time to evolve. It may only be a matter of minutes. It could be hours. It could be days. Uh, but but I haven't found a way to toggle that, that hugely creative process that op- often happens at the start of a project with, <laughs> with 20, 20 Slack messages, 50 emails, uh, five phone calls. I just... Right. 
haven't found a way. Well, you know, you, you both have brought up your families, uh, your children. Um, and I, and I guess if I could go towards that as a creative person also for a moment, um, how much personal time do we find ourselves sacrificing because of this constant on, you know, communication? Um, I, I was reading in the Wall Street Journal uh, recently that, you know, even if you personally have this drive to be on, not everybody shares that. So even to allow other people to shut off, you know, is almost the gift uh, to your creative team. But I, I'm curious your sense of, and again, maybe sacrifice is too strong of a word, but I'll use it for, for emphasis here. Um, do, do we find ourselves sacrificing because of this constant you know, communication? Yes, um, that's something we talk a lot at home, me and my wife. Uh, and I have come, uh, the kind of answer that I have come to this question is it's all about your mind. Your mind will look for escapism. So uh, it's a bad habit. It's a, a bad habit, just like smoking uh, is a bad habit. I, I'm a former smoking, so a smoker, so I can tell this uh, from the point of view of somebody who has experienced that. Uh, smoking is a bad habit. It's escapism from your mind. So sometimes you don't even want to have a cigarette, but you go and do it. Uh, so how can you explain that? It's the same with uh, mobile phones and these messaging apps. So I think the first thing you have to do, in my opinion, is to set a, set a time. So from 7 p.m. on, I won't answer anything related to work. But then you have the second challenge, which is to um, make your mind understand that you're not grabbing that mobile phone and driving time away from your family to check your Facebook, your Instagram, or I don't know, laugh about a joke that somebody has sent you. So you have to, to right. really be directive about that because your mind wants that. Uh, I was just reading an article the other day that was talking about this kind of chemical response you get. It's the same mechanism uh, when you eat chocolate or when a addicted person uh, get the drug that he's looking for or something like that. So you have to be very directive about not grabbing that mobile phone and train that. You have to train that. There's a, a guy that is, uh, I just I just uh, knew about him like two or three weeks ago. His name is David Goggins. He has a very interesting life story. He's launching a book now. Uh, the, the name of the book is Can't Hurt Me. Uh, I really advise you guys to check that. Uh, you have a documentary on YouTube. Uh, it's called The Creation of Goggins. And this guy tells us that it's all about the mind. He is uh, the toughest guy alive. Uh, you're you're going to check it, you're going to know. And he, he, he tells us it's, it's all about the mind. And I really believe that. It's all about the mind. So you have to train your mind how to be checking messages and, and things like that. Because in the long run, you may think that you are uh, enhancing your, your bucket of knowledge. But in the long run, you understand this is going to... Uh, you know, to destroy, to, to, to be hard in your creativity, when your inner peace, for you to think, and of course, to be with your family and to disconnect. That's that's great, Danilo. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of David Goggins as well. And, and recently, I listened to a podcast, and he was saying that, you know, he actually invented a new version of himself. He invented, you know, the Goggins version that is directly related to this can't hurt me, take any kind of pain, any kind of punishment, push yourself. So I, I draw a lot of inspiration That's from great. him as well. He's really an inspiration for me too. I mean, uh, it's amazing what, what he achieved uh, from, from the starting point where he was and where he is today. You, you could clearly see there is no limit for the mind if you know how to train it. You know, If you can destroy these barriers uh, for your mind, then you can go anywhere. So it's really inspirational. I agree. What about you, John? What's your experience in this? Yeah, similar to, to what's already been said. I mean, it's hard to get away from that dopamine hit that we all get when we check our phones. Uh, I've read enough studies and articles to understand, you know, the worst thing in the world is uh, to, to – uh, to look at your phone while you're engaging with people that are close to you, especially your family. Um, 
but at the same time, in in a highly connected world, it's I think it's one of the hardest things to do. Um, similar to what's been said, I've I've forced myself to get even a few hours each day uh, that I switch off as much as you can these days, um, completely detached from technology, and just enjoy that that human connection. Now, uh, that doesn't always happen every day, and it doesn't happen for as long as I would always like. Uh, but I think it's it's an important part because uh, staring at a screen for, for many, many hours every day and uh, probably like uh, you guys, I work long, long hours and just even to be away from, from the, the computer screen and the, the phone screen um, is is a great source of, of re-energising. Um, and, you know, we've talked about children uh, just even being outside sometimes helps to re-energize uh, for, for you know the next shift or, or whatever the next project is. That's great. So looking ahead, you know a lot of people, uh, especially creative people, uh, always have a nice uh, do list, bucket list. Uh, but instead of a bucket list like oh, I'd like to travel here or there, I'd like to you know buy this or that, I- I'd be curious what's on your create list. What, what do you still want to create, uh, whether it's in your career or uh, personal or family life? What's still to be done? Well, um, I'll try getting this first, John. <laughs> uh, so I think that right now my, my biggest interest is in what lies in what we can create uh, mixing brands. So, for example, if we gather a football team, and we gather a, uh, a transportation app, for example, and you have many there. What can we create a value to people that still doesn't exist? What kind of, I don't know, is it a discount? Is it a kind of different experience? So this this kind of creation really drives me. If we gather, uh, again, I would use this example because I've been working with football currently. Um, if we gather a football team uh, that is highly appealing to women, in Brazil, considering that in Brazil football has always been so far a, a male sport, it's been uh, rising now as a female sport as well. I think the opposite way that it has been in the U.S. Uh, if we get if we get a football team that has a very strong female fan base, and we we mix this with a brand of uh, makeup, what kind of things can you create a value? What kind of value can you create to people? How can we change people's lives in this manner? But not in a romantic way, in a very practical manner. What kind of, I don't know, discount, benefit, experience can we bring to this girl uh, through this? So this is something that has uh, really been uh, amazing me recently. That's great. Yeah, I guess... uh... As I get into my, I don't want to say my twilight years of my career, but uh, <laughs> in, the, in the latter years of my career, I'm starting to uh, think about what can I put back in um, given I've, I've gotten so much out. So more recently I've been thinking about the opportunity to, to uh, mentor or set up some programs uh, where, you know, junior creatives can be given opportunities. I uh, remember how hard it was to break into the industry. There was that old issue of, you know, I couldn't get a job because I didn't have enough experience. I couldn't get experience because I couldn't get a job. Um, and and I, I believe that that situation still applies. So creating opportunities for, I guess, the new generation to to come through certainly interests me. And also, I guess the second one is having now uh, gotten a, a somewhat of a more worldly view on on the creative world, uh, trying to give opportunities to people in, I want to say, non-Westernised uh, countries uh, to, to be exposed to, to Western-type clients. Um, that's not an easy thing to do. There's language barriers, there's um, socio and economic barriers. Uh, but I've had limited... Uh, uh, success in this type of field with one or two people and just to see that opportunity where they've they've gone from a highly insular uh, local dynamic where they're very familiar with the culture 
They're very familiar with the language, but they've they've gone to the stage where they can't grow and develop anymore. They've really hit the ceiling of what they can do, and opening them up to a somewhat global market uh, ha- has been incredible to watch. Uh, and I just don't think enough people outside of the sort of mainstream uh, Western uh, countries uh, get given that opportunity. Uh, so, I mean, they're pretty lofty ambitions, but I think either of those, if I was able to do that within the next, you know, five, ten years, I'd be, I'd be super happy and I'd be able to t- tick that off one of my lists. Yeah, those are all some engaging ideas. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm glad you you brought up the uh, the mentor idea role, John. That that's that's the question we'd like to close with. Is you know, put your mentor hat on if you would for both of you and to new creatives coming into whatever field that you guys are both in advertising. You can kind of look at that field, but what books or resources or people would you say? Hey, you know read these people and give them a boost on their careers. Um, what are some of your go-to authors and books that you draw some inspiration from that you'd recommend? Let's start with you. Didn't yeah, you know? sure. Well, there are many, I think, uh, one book that really, one of the books that changed my life was the sprint book, uh, the sprint process, uh, from Google ventures was something that really helped me to better organize, uh, a creative process or a problem addressing process and to understand that I had been doing many of these things for a while, but not in a organized process. So this is something that is, it's interesting. Everything that talks about creative process or problem addressing process or tools better than process maybe first, it's something relevant to anybody who is joining the creative force nowadays. Um, and that book again, Danilo? S P R I N T. Yeah, welcome. Okay. And thank then you. you have uh, the art of planning book. Uh, I came from the planning side, from the strategic background, and then I kind of uh, merge with creative uh, teams. But the art of planning, it's John. I will remember the name of the guy, but he's the head of planning for WPP, or he has been for the last two decades and it's not anymore. Uh, the art of planning, this is the guy actually who created the, the, the account planning in the 80s, I would say. Uh, and though many things have changed, especially when you talk about digital, it's still very relevant to understand this discussion for understanding the problem first. So um, the world will change many, many times. Uh, within the next three years, every three years, there will be a different world, world there will be a different uh, set of tools. But everything will always start in understanding the behavior of people, which I call here problem. So I think the, the, uh, his books, like The Art of Planning, will really help uh, these new kids out. Great. Thank you. What about you, John? Uh, I'm just starting on a, a book called The Copywriter's Bible uh, by, I think it's Alastair Crompton. Um, and it's just, it, it's a whole bunch of the, the world's most successful uh, copywriters and, and how they write their copy. I'm, I guess my background is more on the visual side. I, I would certainly not call myself a copywriter. Um but it's it's a it's an area that I'm looking to to try and hone my own talents. Um, one thing I've learned is being creative. You never know everything. Uh, you can always grow and develop into into new areas. So I've only just started that, uh, but so far it's it's good reading. Great. Well. We want to thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. This has been enlightening, and we've learned a lot. Uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, no, I think the way uh, you, you've compared notes, uh, your experiences, and uh, and even some of the differences, um, the, the approaches that you take, uh, it's been very enlightening. Yeah. Well, th- thank you, two gentlemen. We appreciate it. Uh, have a great and awesome day. Thanks for joining us for thank Around you, the Mark. World. We do appreciate thank it. You. Thank you, John. Thank you, guys. We've been talking with Danilo 
Fritangelo and John Beggs. What an awesome interview, Mark. Thanks for hooking us up with this with these two this dynamic duos. Yeah, and they and they really played off each other well. I mean, I'll just start at the very end and underscore something that John said, and that is, um, despite or even though they are very experienced people, you know, dozens of years uh, between them, always looking for ways to hone their talents always looking to grow in new areas, always looking for new resources, new people to connect, et cetera. Um, and I think that's, that's a byword for all creative people, that if you are comfortable, you know, well, this process has always worked for me. I always go to it this, this direction and what have you. Hey, it's time to shake it up. Mm-hmm. And it was great to hear from these two very experienced creative people that they too are always looking for New ideas I got that, and new tools. I got that beginner's mind is just, you know, infused in what they do. Yeah. You know, the other thing that came through recurring in this episode was the idea of what's the problem? Yes. You know, I love that. Yeah. Because that, I think that you're creating something towards a solution. Yeah. That, uh, if, you know, and you've had this writer's block or, you know, whatever people call it, and you're staring at the blank page. And to keep going back to, what is the problem we're trying to solve? And then, you know, so many of your guests on other episodes of Enhancing the Human Experience have said sometimes the problem is not really the problem. Yeah. And you heard both of these guys say that, that you have to continue to dig down. Keep asking. And keep asking why or what is the real problem, the real motivation. Um, so it was terrific. I, I was very intrigued by uh, the question of, you know, mentoring. And uh, when you were asking them, what, what about new creatives or people who want to, be more creative. And this idea of looking to combine, you know, unique markets or, you know, combine something like mm-hmm. soccer and something like, you know, women's uh, makeup. So, I mean, what whatever you can do to combine things, I thought was an interesting approach. Mm-hmm. And then John was talking about bringing junior people up through the ranks. And, you know, how many times have we heard this mm-hmm. from people early in their careers? They can't get a job because they have no experience and they can't get experience because they can't get a job. Mm-hmm. So what can we all do to help lift uh, and that, people and that who problem, want to be more creative? Yeah, yeah, it is pervasive in all industries and in all sectors. Everywhere. You know, the knowledge gets acquired and it doesn't get handed down, you know, tribal to tribe doesn't hand down the knowledge and then everything has to be relearned again. That's when the human experience gets really awesome when you can stand on those shoulders of giants and, and go further as opposed to wasting 10, 20 years just getting to where they were and then you'd only... So I thought that was great. They, they share their resources and some books and tools. Yeah, and, and not only junior people, but maybe people from other countries. Uh, uh, John was looking for the inverse of westernized cultures, but it's like these non-Western or developing countries where you know there are so many creative yeah. people with such diverse talents. Um, and, and you can find all sorts of examples from Paul Simon going to South Africa to be inspired by these, you know, African rhythms and, and creates a, an album that is still, you know, quintessential today. But I mean, what can we do to draw upon a true global platform? Um, and, and I think that that is part and parcel to our series here. Where can we draw from all the corners of, of the globe right now uh, to find out where creativity is happening and how people are tapping into that creative energy? Well, and to that point, when he was talking about groups and how he finds in his experience, the best solutions come from groups. You know, I often think of creativity as a little bit of a luxury sometimes when people in, say, third world countries are struggling to just even get to a level where they can, you know, put a roof over their head Mm -hmm. and put food on the table. The last thing they're thinking about is solving, you know, social problems or business problems. It's just day to day. And so helping them to get some of the space that we generally have in the West, even though we have our own struggles, can open up some ideas to come through them that are uniquely from their perspective and can help contribute to the global conversation. Yes. And then I think finally, uh, the, the conversation about turning it off sometimes, you know, this constant need to communicate, constant need to produce, um, is actually counterproductive to the creative soul. Um, 
and whether it's this kind of uh, uh, hormone, cortisol, dopamine-induced, you know, uh, almost drug-induced feelings. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, or just the distraction. Uh, but this constant need to be on is counterproductive, you know, to our ability to be more creative. And so I, I really took it as a personal challenge from these guys, too, yeah. to, to turn more off. Yeah, uh, well, to be more creative, you know, and I think of people like Cal Newport and writing deep work, you know, the guy doesn't do social media, he doesn't play that game. And initially, people are like, well, how does he get himself out there? Well, he's doing it. He's successful, very successful. And so there are people I think there's going to be a, a wave a backlash because it does keep us at a surface level, we can't dive deep and get creative ideas and bring them up to the surface, when we're always just distracted, and we can't take that deep focus. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Great episode. All right. Well, we'll, we'll sign off there. Thanks for hanging out with me, Mark. And yeah, absolutely. Can't wait for the next one. We've me got too. another one uh, in the queue that I think folks are really going to enjoy. So absolutely. let's keep it going. Absolutely. All right. We'll, we'll sign off. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Enhancing the Human Experience, A World of Creativity with Mark Phillips. If you liked this episode and want to know more, check out gmarkphillips.com and please leave us a review on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.